And we're live. What's going on, Calgary? And welcome inside our humble abode, the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio on a Thanksgiving Monday, October the 9th, 2020, 2023. Sportsnet Today starts right now. You got Garrett and Azam alongside you. What's going on, Azam? Happy not Thanksgiving, too, man. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you. How are you doing? Yes, it's good. It's good. Good. Yeah. Well, it's not a non-busy Thanksgiving. There's lots no. of news to happen that went around. Dolly. It's a holiday. You should take the days off, usually. You, you but hockey so. world busy bustling right now. You, you'd think so, but Darlene extension. Mm-hmm. Jets getting two big players signed. Yes. Going to get yes. into all of that. Flames made a made a move today as well. We'll get into some of the audio and uh, everything surrounding that as well. Busy, busy show today. Uh, just in a few moments, we're going to be uh, linking up with someone from Buffalo, Joe Yurden. He covers the Sabres for Noted Hockey as well as Bleacher Report. Bottom of the hour, we're going to get into that, some of that flame stuff. Uh, AJ Greer signing with us, picked him up off of waivers. Uh, three o'clock, get into some NHL predictions. And then to wrap things up, we'll uh, head down to Anaheim. Alexis Downey, host and content producer for the Anaheim Ducks. That's all straight ahead right here. Oh, it's going to be a good show. Uh, but right now, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to speak to Joe Yurden. He is from Noted Hockey and Bleacher Report. Uh, Joe, thanks for taking the time today. What's going on, man? A little bit of a busy day here in Buffalo, I guess. Yes. Uh, things, things got a little busy. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just jump right into it. Obviously, the biggest news today, Rasmus Dallin signs eight years, $88 million total, $11 million per year. Uh, what are your immediate reactions to that? You know, it, it, it's funny. It, it's a contract we were, we were expecting to get done basically since July 1st when uh, he was eligible to sign an extension. Uh, we we kind of known that it was going to be an eight-year deal that, and the money was going to be around the neighborhood like 10 to 11 million dollars a year so not a big surprise but uh but it it was time it was time to get him to get him locked in and and get him get him squared away here for for the long term because uh the evolution that we've seen him take over the last couple of seasons has been nothing short of remarkable and you know to see him you know start to fulfill that that number one pick uh potential that you know all these guys get when they're number one pick uh, and really see it come through last season, especially. Uh, it's been something else to watch, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was time. It, it's it's deserved, but it, it, it's a big it's a big dollar amount, no doubt. But uh, but he's the leader of this team now. He's 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 the number one guy, and uh, you know what? He's leading a very young group, so yeah. it's pretty wild. At twenty at three, he's 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 in this role, and now he's he's going to take this team into the future. Yeah, absolutely. You speak about the evolution of Darlene there. And, and last year we saw Eric Carlson hit the 100-point marker last season. And uh, Darlene just right behind him there, second in scoring. Do we think 100 points is a possibility for Darlene and maybe even a Norris this year? Well, 100 points is... It's I, a stretch, I guess. I don't think it's, a, I, I don't think it's appreciated how, how wild it was that Carlson did that last mm-hmm. season. And, you know, for him to do it at... At you know, at his age, not that you know, not that he's an old guy or anything, but at his age and on that team that he was able to do it is 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 incredible. Darlene has enough firepower around him in Buffalo that yeah. uh, points should be easy to get. Points should be it should be pretty easy for him to pile things up. I mean, he's the number one guy in the power play and everything. Um, but the the growth that we've seen him see him make in his two way game. I mean, he's not a guy who's a, a liability in his own zone. Um, it's a hundred points is a hard mark mm-hmm. to hit, uh, but to see him to, to see more points from him this season and in the seasons to come, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't rule that out. I think that that might be that's probably the expectation for him now. But um, but I mean, the more scoring grows in this league and whatnot, I mean, th- there are very few guys in the league that you'd feel comfortable 
uh, in that kind of role and in the position to be able to, to score more uh, like Darlene. Yeah, and like you said, he is going to be the leader of this team. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the general feeling around this team throughout training camp and the preseason. Does this team still feel like a group that is up and coming, or do you think the, the players are kind of handling themselves or viewing themselves that they can really make some noise in this Atlantic division this year? You know, they, there's been a lot of, I mean, we, we've been helping you know, make sure that they know all about it too. Uh, there's been so much talk about how the logical next step is to make the playoffs. And, you know, it's been more than a decade since they've been in the postseason. 2011 was the last time they were there. And, mm-hmm. uh, they were so close last year. I mean, you know, flipped one of those games against the Panthers, uh, you know, and they're in. And, you know, the Panthers are end, up, end up being out. But they are they are ready for this. And they look at this as, you know, not, not necessarily like an expectation, but just the next challenge to cross. And these guys are ready for it. These guys want that kind of, uh, they want that kind of heat. They want that pressure. They want to, you know, they want to show people that they're for real. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is something where, you know, there, there's no ten, you know, tentative sort of feeling from anybody in that room. They're ready. They're ready to take this on. And, you know, it's a good thing too, because the East is going to be a, a, an absolutely wicked brawl all season long with everybody, because they're in a really tough division. You know, Ottawa got better. Detroit, you know, Detroit should be better. Montreal's even going to be a little better, although I think they're, you know, they're kind of on the short end of it. And, you know, Boston's going to come back to the pack, but they're not a bad team either. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just within the division, it's going to be hard. And then you you look in the Metro and you've got Carolina, you've got Jersey, you've got the Rangers, you've got, you know, Pittsburgh got better with Carlson. Um, You know, you've got, you know, you still have Ovechkin to deal with in Washington. The Islanders are nasty to deal with. So, it's going to be really hard and it, you know, should they get through? And I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to be a playoff team. You know, when they get there, they're going to be very well tested and ready for it. We are in conversation with Joe Yurden on the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline at Sportsnet today. I'm GVP and he's a zone. Hey, uh, Joe, uh, just uh, the biggest story for the Buffalo Sabres last year was Tage Thompson and the 94 points he put up. Uh, does he take the next step and get to that hundred points or are we going to expect a little bit of uh, a different style from him this year? Uh, you're saying, I'm sorry, you're saying about this about Thompson? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, Tage, I mean, geez, nobody saw him scoring the way he did a couple of years ago. Nobody saw that coming, coming from anywhere. Uh, and now that it is kind of the expectation, it's not, I, I, I could see him being a 50 goal guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go out and make that bold prediction right now, but I think for him to, to exceed what he's done uh, is not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, if he, if he becomes a hundred point guy, I think that's just, I, I think that's just the logical or the natural progression for him because, you know, we've seen how well he's played, you know, he's a, he's a lethal scorer on the power play. I mean, any team that leaves him open for even more than more than a second over there and the pucks in his wheelhouse, he's going to score. <laughs> his, his shot is so hard and so accurate now that, uh, if he's left open for even a second, he's going to score, but he's also got the hands and the moves and everything where he can get into and out of trouble very quickly. And uh, he's a lot for anybody to handle a guy that big that can do the things that he does is an extreme rarity. So a hundred points, I mean, geez, he can absolutely do that. And, you know, a 50 goal season, hundred points season like that. I could see that. I could see that happening. I could see that becoming a reality for him because, you know, he plays so well with Jeff Skinner and he plays so well with Alex Tuck. And we even saw Zach Benson playing on his wing 
for a little bit in preseason there. And that, you know, who knows, maybe that becomes a thing at some point during the year. But, um, but I mean, he's, I mean, he's absolutely dynamite. He is, he is an, an elite scorer an elite talent and yeah, hundred points. Yeah. I could absolutely see that coming from him. You talked uh, a lot of people who's played with him, who have elevated their game uh, right into Zach Benson, a guy drafted, played in the WHL, was a big part of that Winnipeg team. Uh, do you see him making a huge impact this year if he's on the opening day roster? Well, Benson's going to be there. He's he's made the team. He's uh, we're going to get a good look at him early on, and you know he played a ton of preseason games, and you know preseason games are what they are, but. Uh, he did not look out of place at all. He looked like a guy who was ready to fit in at the NHL level. And, you know, you could, you could attribute some of that success to playing with Skinner and Thompson, but, you know, we saw him play with Casey Middlestad and uh, Jordan Greenway uh, in the last game uh, against Pittsburgh. And, you know, it was more of the same from him. You know, he's, he's a tenacious guy on the puck. He's, you know, he's, he gets in there strong in a four check. He loves to get turnovers, Loves to just pull the stick off, pull the uh, pull the stick out of the guy's hands. No, pull, he's pulling the puck off the stick of opposing guys and, and creating opportunities kind of out of nowhere. It's it's a little bit like it reminds me a little bit of how Jeff Skinner can can play. You know, when he's up on the forecheck and getting in, you know, getting in guys' faces. Um, but Benson's uh, ability to handle the puck and to handle the stick is very strong. And you know, I'm very eager to see how this works for him. Because it's going to be a step up in difficulty, without a doubt. Um, but he's shown, you know, he's, he's pretty unflappable. We'll see what happens when those, you know, those first couple of games you get in against the Rangers, and you know, you get Jacob Truber or somebody flying flying at you, you know, from the from the D, from the D zone, and you know, thing, things can change quick. But uh, but Benson's shown he's he's just got a you know he's a very confident player, and um, he's got some moves. He's, he can play, man. And you know, I mean, he put up a ton of points in the dub last year, so. I mean, some fans fans know that he can score out there, but I'm very excited to see what he can do this year. If he can stick beyond the nine games, man, oh man, that's that's a heck of a fine and a heck of a pull for for the Sabers because uh, you could say the last thing they needed was another high score, you know, high skill, high scoring type player, but here they got one right there, ready to go. Uh, with another young player, uh, Peyton Krebs, to make a big impact, take a step from next season or from last season. How has his preseason shown me? He saw the fight with Crosby. He wasn't afraid. Yeah. Uh, to back down and stand his ground. What do you think the expectation is for him? You know what? He showed last year that he's got, he's got an edge to his game. Um, they, they've, you know, people will look at him playing with, uh, with Zemgis Gergensen and Kyla Pozo and say, well, wow, geez, he's just a fourth line guy. That line's counted, to, counted on to do a lot of hard work. And Krebs is a big part of that because he's such a good four checker and he's a smart player. Um, and he's got a lot of offensive skill. I mean, he's a tremendous passer. He's got a great, great mind to be, you know, a couple steps ahead of the play. But what he's asked to do with that line is, is you know, not to push the offense, but to push, push possession and frustrate other teams. And he's, he's taken to that role really well. Um, it would be fun to see him in a more offensive role if he's asked to do that, but not what they, they they've needed him to do and he's really taken to, to being a, a tenacious four checker and defender and um and a guy who listen if if somebody wants to go he'll go with them it's just it's not not really something you're we you're, saw it with crosby you're, yeah i mean we yeah. saw with crosby i mean sid, sid challenges yeah i mean you're not gonna really back down from that but we mm-hmm. saw him drop the gloves with a few guys last season too so i mean there's a little something there from him it's just always kind of a surprise when you see it but 
I mean, he's 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 very good at getting under opponent's skin because he just he just goes hard every shift, and you know sometimes guys don't like that. And you know, if it works to his advantage, that's all the better for the Sabers. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we we saw Tage Thompson's game obviously elevate super high. Same with Dalene. But who do you think is next to really have their game blow up and take that next step? To me, I feel like it's Dylan Cousins. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, it's funny. Cousins had a great season last yeah. year. He was really good. And he was asked to kind of be the the big brother to Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka, you know, because both those guys were playing their first NHL seasons. And even though Dylan's you know, about the same age as both of those guys, he was kind of like the, the guy, you know, shepherding them through the NHL season. I, Cousins, I, Cousins, to me, there, there's a lot more still to come with him. I, I, you know, I don't know if last year was technically a breakout for him or not. Um but yeah, I can I can 100% see him taking taking another step forward with his game because he can score. He's a great shooter. Um, another guy who plays really hard hockey. Like that's that's the kind of guy that you that you really you know kind of sets himself apart from some of the other guys in this lineup in Buffalo. Um, but I like Paterka to have a breakout year. He was you know he's voted the best forward at World Championships, playing for Germany, had a great tournament there. You know, Canada won, but you know he got Germany to what the silver got him the silver medal. I think it was first time. You know, mo- the highest finish for Germany at World. So, you know, Paterka was a big part of that. It's very disappointing that Quinn, you know, uh, Quinn's Achilles tendon uh, ruptured in the in the summer during workouts because he was the guy I had circled to have a really big blowout blow up season, and he still might. I mean, he, but we won't see him until you know, December, January around there. So. Um, but yeah, cousins, I think cousins is going to take another big step, Paterka, keep an eye on him. Uh, and if somehow, you know, listen, you know, we, we might see Matt Savoy at some point here yeah. this season too. He's another guy that I think could have a, could have a big year for them, but you know, the, the shoulder injury during, during training camp kept him out of the preseason. So we're not sure what's going to really go on with him because he's, he's a day, a day too young to be able to go to the AHL, so I think he might have to he might have to go back to uh, Wenatchee to to be able to play. But we'll we'll see what happens there. There there could be some shenanigans going on to try to get him yeah. to go to the AHL. Yeah, uh, I also wanted to get your thoughts on on the goaltending tandem and specifically uh, Devin Levi. Is this their guy that they're going to have in net for the next decade, decade plus? Um, I know that there's a lot of pressure of being a goaltender in this market with the history of Ryan Miller and Dominic Hasek. Just what, what do you think of Devin Levi and how he's progressing? You know, it, the goaltending position is so stressful. It's, it's high pressure all the time. Everything falls on your shoulders. And Devin is just unflappable. He's, he's, he's a very mature guy. He handles everything with a plum. And he's, he, he's such a quick, he's so quick with his feet. Uh, and playing goal. And, you know, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's about six feet tall, um, but he's really fast on his feet, so he can cover a lot of space and get to some of those spots where, you know, maybe a bigger guy, it's just a natural push-off movement for him. But, uh, but he's able to cover a lot of ground and just show up someplace where a guy might think he's got a hole to shoot at, and then suddenly he's right there snatching it up or, you know, blocking it away. Um, Levi's, Levi's their guy. And, he, I mean, he started every game – the end of last season until they got knocked out of uh, officially knocked out of the playoff race. But um, he's the guy that they're, they're, they're going to bank on. And it's, I mean, you're asking a lot of them. He's 21 years old. He's a rookie. I mean, he's played yeah. seven, seven or eight NHL games. It's, it's, it's a tall task he's being given here, but they believe in him. They believe in him very strongly. And he's showing a lot um, 
in, you know, in, you know, last season and, you know, during the preseason, there's been, you know, a lot of what makes him so good that you see it happen there. They're go- they're one of the handful of teams though, that's going with three goalies to start the season. Now, I don't know how much of that has to do with maybe hanging on to an extra guy because of what's going on with Tampa, but, um, but you know, it's Eric Comrie and it's, it's Uko Pekalukin and backing them up. Uh, the three goalie setup is not one that I think anybody really likes. Um, but they're going to need one or both of those guys to play really well behind Levi to be so that Devin doesn't have to play 65 games in his, you know, in his rookie season and try to get this team to the playoffs. Those guys are have to duke it out to be good and, and be able to give him the support that he needs. Cause if he doesn't get it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot more pressure for Levi to, 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 to take, to take this team forward. And I don't think they want to put, I mean, they're putting enough on his shoulders already. Uh, I don't think they want to make it worse by saying like, all right, man, if, if you're not starting, we, we don't have a good chance of winning here. So that's, you know, you need Comrie, you need Luke, and then you need all three of them to play well. Uh, one guy that I really have my eye on this year is Owen Power. He's in his last year of his entry-level contract, and uh, he's a guy who can really push this forward and give the Buffalo Sabres a good one-two punch in the back end. Yeah, and you know what? He was he was very good last season. You know, for you know for a guy playing what was basically his first full season, you know that that could have been a that could have been a very tough year for him. But he played so well, and he's got a good head on his shoulders, and makes makes the smart play. I, I'd say like nine nine and a half times out of ten, um, he just he just gets it, and he's very mature, and he handles handles the position very well. Um, you know, and you know he's going to be paired up with Henry Yoki Haru again, unless you know Don Granado decides to change things up again here, you know, before Thursday. But you know they, they've got a, they've got a lot of ice time together, um, and I think they're going to work a lot better this season. I think you know for for Owen, I don't know that they're going to go full on eight year extension with him, you know, for you know moving ahead, but. Um, but I think he's going to take a big step this year. I mean, we we, we mentioned Cousins and 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 Paterka as guys that that might take a big step forward and have a breakout. Power Power might actually be the guy to do it because he's going to. I mean, he's going to be quarterback in the second power play unit. You know, Darlene's going to have the first job. You know, the first the first unit for you know the rest of his career. But uh, but Power is, you know, they 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 rely on him to to be able to keep driving offense and to drive the you know drive the attack for them when it's not dolling on the ice like he's the next guy in, in charge when it comes to that and you know he's able to make such smart plays and just be such a strong skater and player that they they really believe in him i want to see him have a little bit more confidence with his shot uh because his 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 vision and his smarts are already top tier but um if if he's able to shoot it a little bit more often and believe that you know and believe in himself with that he's going to put up a lot more points because he's awfully good. And uh, I think we've only just, we only really got a taste of it last year because first, first time really getting, getting at it this time around, though, he's going to be a lot better. Uh, In Calgary, we know what the situation is with the pending UFAs, uh, particularly Noah Hannafin uh, has been, wants to go back to the States and I see a potential fit in Buffalo. Do you think Buffalo would be a team that could acquire Noah Hannafin and sign him to a long-term and fit within the organization? You know, I, I I think right now I'm going to say no. Would they love to have him? I think, I mean, who wouldn't want to have Noah Hannafin around? I think that's, I think that's an automatic, I think that's an automatic yes for any team. But right now they've, you know, you've got Darlene as your, as your number one guy. You've got, um, you've got Owen Power as your number two. 
They've got Matias Samuelson signed long term. He's you know he's a you know a, a strong penalty killer type physical player. Um, so you know they're locked in with him. Yoki Haru is an RFA I think this summer. So you know they're probably going to extend him too. I think they're really set. And I think uh, you know if if there's another guy in the future that's going to get a big money deal. Uh, boy, I mean, they've taken care of most of the other guys. I mean, you're talking about, you know, kind of checking down the list and, and looking at, well, you know, power's going to get the next one. And then, you know, maybe Quinn, you know, uh, you know, cousins is already set. So, I mean, I don't know that they're really looking for another big defenseman. Would they love, again, would they love to have him? Yeah. But I, I don't know that they would be paying the price in prospects and picks to get them. And I, I certainly don't think they'd be spending the money to keep them long-term, but Hey, weirder things have happened. That, that, that could be something that, that comes forward. But right now I just don't see it. Uh, last one for you here, Joe. Um, obviously there's one big name out there that needs a contract. He wears number 88. What are your thoughts on a potential Patrick Kane homecoming in Buffalo? You know, this is a question that gets asked constantly yeah. just because he's the local guy. I mean, he, you know, there's that picture of him watching Sabres games from, you know, front row with his dad. And um, I, I was always very, very much of the mind that I just can't see it happening for a long time. Uh, but, a, you know, a couple, there was a, I think it was after, it was after the draft, I think Kevin Adams, GM Kevin Adams mentioned how, you know, uh, Kane's rookie season in Chicago, he, he was, he was his roommate for, you know, for road trips and whatnot. I'm like, well, that's an interesting thing to mention to us because, you just kind of follow that way in the back of your mind, like, well, you know, if Quinn has a big setback, or if, you know, say Victor Olson struggles, and you're kind of looking at, like, well, you know, where's where are we going to get some more offense off the wing here? Like, how's this going to work? Is Kane sitting right there? Now, you know, you know what you're going to get with him. You know, you're going to get a guy who's uh, an elite offensive player. The defensive side of things is going to be a struggle, but I'm not ruling it out. I just don't think it's at the forefront of ideas they're looking to go with just yet. If it's if he's a guy that's not going to sign until maybe halfway through the season, maybe you see where Quinn's at and see where things are going with some of the other guys, and maybe it's a consideration. Would he love to play here? I have no doubt he would love to play here, especially if it's going to be a Sabres team that's getting back to the postseason. He would love to be part of that. Joe, best of luck this season. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. Would love to, guys. Thanks so much for having me. There you go. That's Joe Yurden, covers the Sabres for Noted Hockey, as well as Bleacher Report. And, of course, he joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. I I would love to see a Patrick Kane homecoming. I feel like that's just going to be the inevitable fit. I don't know how the money's going to work for that and whatnot. But it didn't feel like Kane got a fair shake out in New York. And uh, to see him run it back in his hometown would be awesome at the end. Yeah, I I think Kane, with that injury, was lingering throughout the time when he was with New York. So he really didn't get that shot. And, look. The Buffalo Sabres have $8 million in cap space. Yep. So signing his contract is definitely not going to be an issue. It's more of, okay, who are you going to take out of the lineup? If Zach Benson makes a great push for it, are you taking him out of the lineup? We are uh, uh, Paterka. The thing that makes this team so exciting is their youth. And like, I don't necessarily want to take Benson out of the lineup. But like, if this team still has playoff aspirations, the Atlantic has regressed a little bit. We'll get to that after three o'clock with our predictions for this season. But like, if they have the opportunity to go get Kane, I think he's still got a lot of left in the tank, right? Oh, 100%. I think he could definitely fit, especially if you have a goal scorer like Tage Thompson mm-hmm. getting passes from Patrick Kane. Oof. 
like that's a very dangerous duo. Oh yeah, that could be out there, and especially in how the Atlantic is. So it could be a potential. Yes, do you, they want to see what their youth have first? Yeah. I think that's their priority. And if Kane is perfectly healthy and ready to go in training, and then they bring him once they realize, okay, maybe we do need a little help here. That's what I see probably if they're going to do that way. Do you have any other teams off the top of your head, not to put you on the spot or anything, that Kane could potentially want to go look at? I think Florida is very interesting. Florida is very interesting, but I don't think he would fit the Florida mindset. No? No, I don't think it's going to be Florida. I think that would be a lifestyle thing for him if he wanted to go there. Yeah, if if anything. Putting him in their their middle six would be really good. Verhage's a very underrated goal scorer. Obviously, we all know here in Calgary what Kachuk can do. Barkov's an excellent player. Rodriguez is a great depth player. Putting Patrick Kane on that Florida team would make them uber dangerous. Yeah, it would. I just, I just don't see any team right now that because the cap spaces are very tight for a lot of the top teams, and really, I don't see anything other than Buffalo. Really, oh, okay. uh, um, unless he's gonna wait till things start clearing out or someone gets hurt. But yeah, I, I think he'll retire with the. Blackhawks, but I think he still wants to win one more cup before retiring. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, around the corner, going to dive into some Flames audio. Uh, Huska, Coronado, Anderson, they all spoke to the media. That's what we're going to do next right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Sportsnet today is live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I'm Osmali Nanji, GVP across from me, and Taylor on the ones and twos. Big Flames news. Today, well, not fully big, but Matt Coronado switching his number, now mm-hmm. having an NHL number. Now I know that he's part of the full-time roster. 2-7. 27. Are you surprised he didn't go to 19? Because that's what he wore at Harvard. Sure. And I, I, mean, I, I was I was a little surprised. I'm like, interesting. Because I thought he would go back to 19 and uh, with all the heritage it's had so far. I don't know. I mean... It, numbers are numbers, right? Like he looked good in thirty nine. I'm sure he'll look good in twenty seven. It kind of it just is what it is, right? But it it is a little curious. Like most guys like to stick with the numbers that they got, but I don't know. I don't think it's very top of mind for Matt Coronado. But I don't know. Did you have a specific number that you would love to wear, or do you I always just... wore twenty six. That's what I wore in junior. But uh, that was just because I was a rookie my first year, and that was the only number that was left. I was picking last, and I just wore it the rest of the way. Huh. But yeah, I wore nine growing up too. But yeah, what 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 are you? I, I, I was ninety one. I'm 91? still ninety one to this day. Even barely, oh. they all all have the ninety one. It's the first. That was actually the last jersey they had, and I was like, okay, it's closest to Gretzky, and they're like here, Gretzky. and I was like, all right, that's literally what it was, and because Gretzky was the guy, and they're like, all right, cool, and that's how it is. Yeah, uh, Matt Cornero did speak to the media today. Let's hear for him right now. How does it feel that here we are, we're two days from the start of the regular season? And it looks like this is where you're starting. I'm just curious, kind of, how that sunk in for you. Yeah, um, it feels good to, to still be here. Um, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Like, we had a, a good skate today, and um, just kind of taking it day by day and just keep looking forward to every day. Now that you've had first full NHL camp, like, how would you how would you evaluate the first camp experience? Um, it was good. I think I I learned a lot. Um, I think the the biggest thing maybe was um, it, or is going to be for me is learning uh, play more games than I'm used to. I think uh, 
like I kind of have been saying during camp, though, it, it's such an exciting time, so it, it's kind of easy to keep the energy up, but I think uh, there's going to be a lot of learning experiences for me. You, you've talked all camp about wanting to make the team, you know, the first goal is to still be here. Do you take a second to say, okay, you know, I, I got first goal out of the way in some ways. Yeah, I, I think a little bit, but at the same time, like, it's it's just the start. Like, the season hasn't started, so I, I think it's kind of, it's simple, but for me, just every day to day, look look ahead to the next day and just try to be my best every day. What uh, what do you think has kept you here so far? What have you done well through camp and exhibition? Um, I think just playing, staying true to my game, I think being hard on pucks, being hard on the forecheck, I think are important things for me. And um, I feel like when I'm when I'm working my hardest is really when I'm at my best. You felt you talk about playing more games. Have you felt that's been an adjustment even through the preseason? Yeah, maybe a little bit of an adjustment, but um, I feel good. Like the guys have kind of been talking me through it, like what to expect and all things like that. So everyone's made it real easy and. Um, it's been great so far. There you go. That was Matt Coronado from uh, earlier on today at practice. And a couple things I wanted to talk about there. Obviously, I love his mindset right now. He's still saying one day at a time. I'm still just happy to be here. I'm happy to make the opening roster. Even when he had a super, super impressive preseason, I know me and you discussed yesterday that you can only take so much from the preseason, but I would argue that Matthew Coronado was the biggest and best story of the preseason for the Calgary Flames. So, He's coming into the season still feeling like he has a lot to prove, and I feel like he can only go up from here, right? Oh, 100%. I think he set his bases. Like, this is the preseason I proved that I can play in the NHL. Yeah. Now he's basically said, okay, I've done that is my first step. Now it's to go prove it over an 82-game schedule. And I, I like the line that he was skated on today. I think that'll be an interesting line for the Flames, I think, now that they've kind of tinkled in okay, who's going to play with who? They're trying different things, which I think is a great thing to find out with what you've got because that we talked about before, that right side on that top line. that it, That's the biggest thing they need to figure out right is, away. Yeah, and he's got they've got Dubé skated on that top unit today. Yeah. I, a name I, that we didn't really throw out yesterday actually was Dylan Dubé. We talked about then maybe he could get up and jump into that role. Me and you both talked about... Uh, uh, Manjapani maybe sliding in there with Julian McKenzie as well as uh, Matthew Coronado, but Dubé was another guy that might be able to get into there. That line, I, like I said, styles make lines. He's another guy that likes to get into the corner, kind of play with a little bit of an edge, more so in comparison to Hubert or Lindholm, if that makes sense. He does that more than them, so it could be a fit. We'll just have to wait and see because we say we feel like we say this every year with Dylan Dubé. He's yet to prove it. Maybe this is finally the year, but who knows? Well, I think second season in a row he's had career year. Yeah. So he's definitely on the upwards, and he continues to do that. I think he. I'm not has saying that he that hasn't been trending up, but yeah. like he hasn't been top six numbers yet. No, not yet. But he has that opportunity. Oh yeah, for and sure. That just shows he works hard. He's been fitness testing number one for what the last three years in a row. Yeah. And he continues to work hard. And he's gonna have a chance because honestly, I didn't mind Majapani on that right side. I didn't see. Too much of that um, connectiveness between Lindholm and Huberto yeah. and him. Sharon Govich obviously didn't have that, right? So who's next up? Dubé obviously is. Because Coronado, you don't want to throw him to the Wolves right on that top line and have him 
be have so much pressure than he already has. Right. It's good to pump the brakes on him. He literally has one regular season game in the NHL under his belt. Indeed. So, and so he's uh, Dubé is a guy. I don't think it's the worst to kind of hide him in your lineup for a little bit and kind of let him get adjusted to you know being in the NHL, not facing those top line pairings each, each day every way. Because we know what the shot that Coronado has. Oh, and he's going to play on that second power play unit. We yeah. know, and we can definitely shoot it. We know that. And if potentially that shot comes more of confidence that we know he can in the NHL, he could be easily moved to that top power play unit and fill that hole on that right side that still, I think, is still a question mark. Uh, Manjapani was up there. Uh, Sharon Govich was again up there. Mm-hmm. Now, can Coronado take that next step? Yes. Let him see how he's going to handle his first few games in the NHL on an NHL speed. Yes, he got the one game, but really, did that game really mean anything? No. No. It was against the San Jose Sharks. You were already eliminated. It's fine. So now move forward and now is your shot you get winnipeg right away and if you can get to connor hellebuck who is an exceptional goaltender in the nhl it's a big confidence booster would you say yeah yeah for sure um kind of getting back to dubé there and uh like you said he has had careers in the last years he's been been at 18 goals do you think he's gotten a fair shot at being in the top six the last couple years i think he kind of has but he's never really taken it uh, from Dubé this year, I really think he needs to go out there and take it. I feel like if there's one guy who has the most pressure on him to maybe fill out that top role, I think it would be Dubé because Sharon Govich just got here. He's learning the systems. He's a younger player, you know, scratching the playoffs. He's still got some stuff to prove. Coronado, obviously, anything that he gets right now is a bonus for him entering his first year in the NHL. So I, I think Dubé might be under the most pressure here for if if he wants to elevate his game and you know move his role up within our organization here he needs he has a lot to prove and if he's a fit on that top line great if not we might just be Dylan Dubé kind of like is what he is at this point see with Dubé i with how he can play all three positions and the fact that he was kept moved around really wasn't in a spot for a, a secured amount of time cuz he would play the right side then he played left side then he go down to center we, we've seen him go down a fourth-line center under Daryl Sutter when he's doing very well with Mondrapani yeah. uh, and just to fill that need. And I think he really hasn't gotten that full chance to be like, here, here's a spot in a top six. You are not going to move out of the top six. And, and whether that's on the wings or at center, obviously it's going to be on the wing with this team, how it's built down the middle. He needs that opportunity. He's really been just moved. Okay, you're going to do with this. Then you're going to move over here. And it's like when you're going to the wing to the center, it's it's not an easy transition. And this year, we know the new system that uh, Ryan Huska is implement, uh, implementing in the defensive zone where the center is going to be doing a lot of work. Yeah. And to adjust from that when you keep moving positions is not easy. So I think he really hasn't had a proper chance to play that wing and solidify himself on that wing. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see with Dubé. Like I said, this might be his best opportunity to try and move into that top line, top six role. But I think he's got a lot to prove, and we'll see how it goes the first few games of the season. Let's get into a couple uh, bit more pieces of audio. Let's hear from the head coach, Ryan Huska. He also spoke to the media today at practice. You see that he claimed that this team claimed A.J. Greer. Uh, what can you tell us about him, and what do you like about him? Um, size um, is one thing. I think you know the age of him, he's a younger player still, um, and he brings a, a little bit more grit uh, to the game where last year in Boston he – you know he was impactful and he 
he didn't play a ton in regards to the time on ice, but he had impact when he was on the ice. So um, we're looking for a guy, again, to, to help bring a little bit more energy to our group, a little bit more bite. And I saw him when he was a younger guy in the minors. He's a, he, was a, he was a good young player, so we'll give him a great opportunity here. Six in the league in penalty minutes last season, I think. So yeah. clearly a guy who isn't afraid to mix it up a little bit. No, he's 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 competitive, you know, and that's what we one of the things that we look for, um, and he he fits that. So no, we're we're excited that we were able to get him. Is there some versatility there, or is he just a left winger? Um, I think there's versatility. I don't know how much in the middle of the ice, but there is for for both sides. But yeah, yeah. Um, we've asked a lot about the defensive zone coverage throughout preseason. I'm more curious about why you felt it was necessary to switch from a man-to-man coverage to, to zone. Um, I think the skill level of the players in the NHL now is one big thing. You know, we gave up some grade-A chances in, in prior years, and a lot of it has to do with the skill of the players. So if we can create a little bit more traffic inside in front of our goaltenders and make it harder to get inside on, then that, that's a good thing for us. Remember when you came to that realization, you know, that you needed to make that switch from man to man to zone? Like, do you remember that day or how that came to your mind? No, I think you you watch. You do a lot of watching around the league, and there's a lot of it now. So it's a copycat league. It really is. I mean, when when you see a team um, do it a certain way and have success with it, you wonder if it will fit with your your team as well. How do you feel your players have been adjusting to that? They're getting there. I mean, there's still... there's still a lot of reads that they have to figure out in, in regards to how to make them. Um, there's a lot of compete that comes along with it, that when you get something to be killed down low or shut down, you have to make sure you're ready to do that. Um, so I think we're getting there, for sure. Ryan, I know it's still early and it's yeah. probably still evolving a little bit, but what would you like the identity of this team to be? Uh, well, I, I keep going back to the Winnipeg game um, at home here. There's a lot of work that's involved in it, and you know everybody uses identity. I, it's almost like... A, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to make sure that we're committed to playing the right way. That's the biggest thing. So there's a lot of work that's involved with it, and you need players to move their feet on the ice, not stand and watch. Um, and that's something that's going to be important for us. And when we were in Vancouver, um, they did that to us. We turned over a lot of pucks, and, and we have to wrap our minds around playing a certain way without pucks, and that's moving your feet and being aggressive with your pressure. What, uh, what made Raz, Rasmus Anderson the best kind of addition to that leadership group. Yeah, I think the one thing with Ras, he has kind of grown up within the organization, which I think is awesome. Um, and he is really committed to being here and to, to being a Calgary Flame. And, and he's also one of our better players. When you look at what he does for our team on the ice, he plays in all situations. Um, he is a, a voice in our dressing room without a doubt. And I think he's kind of grown into that role. So it's something that he's he's earned along the way too for when you look way back, all the things that he's done to make himself a professional hockey player and then climbing the ladder of responsibilities that he's had here with us. You know, Cole Schwent was, was close, but it was ultimately... <clears throat> Reassigned. I mean, what, what's he got to do to take that or to break in? Uh, all three of those uh, young guys today, they were, were close, and they were some of the better surprises for us in camp. Um, Cole, I think, has to really dig in on uh, the face-offs are one thing. That's a certain part of his game where you, you try to picture where he may play down the road, um, and you want him to be really good in the face-off circle. And like most young guys, a little stronger, a little bit more competitive in the one-on-one battle area type things, and and, and he's going to have an opportunity. There are, I mean, there's been moving pieces in this in this lineup, but this that third line with Manjapani, Coleman, and Backlund, we saw them skating together. Is that stability there important? Is it something you like? Is is what there? I'm sorry. The stability of having um, those three. 
Well, we've said before, like that line analytically in, in past years has been one of the better lines in the NHL, the way they play together. So there is some chemistry with, with that threesome. Um, they like to play with each other, and uh, we want them to get off to a great start. So we'll see how things go there. Jaeger's yeah. been moved around a bit. Yeah. You started the first line, third line. You have him on a line with Kadri and Coronado today. Just wanted to know what your thinking was with putting him with those guys. Um, you're trying to find someone that fits with with both so um, one thing with Jaeger is he's a very I'll, I'll say defense first or he's got that mindset in the offensive zone where if there is to be an F3 it's probably going to be him and that frees up um, Naz and it frees up Matthew a little bit so he can really skate he can open some ice up for those guys but he also thinks it a little bit more to the defensive side just by nature yeah we've uh there's been a lot of questions through a camp about Adam. Now that you've had preseason camp, do you, do you have a good feel as to where he fits best with your group right now? I think he's a guy that we can move up and down the lineup right now. So we have to make sure we continue to challenge him daily to be at his very best. Um, he's got potential to be a top six guy. Um, he's got the ability to be a bottom six guy, if you want to call it that. So it's our job to find... Um, it's our job to get the most out of him on a daily basis wherever he's slotted um, because he has the ability to impact games. So we have to try to get the most out of him. Ryan, we've asked you lots about Matt Coronado. Now that he's, I guess, achieved the goal of, of making the opening roster and being here today, what what put him in this position that you need to kind of continue to see from him? Yeah, the way he works. I mean, when, you, when you've watched him play these games so far, like he's he's got relentlessness to him um, where – if he doesn't have the puck, he's going to do everything he can to get it back. And at the end of the day, um, when you have a skill set like he does, if you can combine that with his ability and, and willingness to work um, and skate and have impact away from the puck, then he's he's doing a lot of good things. That'll allow him to be in positions to shoot more. It'll allow him to be in positions to play a little bit more offensive hockey because of the way he's working away from the pucks. That is head coach Ryan Husko spoke today about what he sees in his lineup, the Flames are officially announcing their roster yeah. for the 23-24 season. 22-man roster, mm-hmm. so they have one spot. They're going to have to be created if they need to with the cap. But honestly, I, I like what I see. I think today's news of claiming uh, Greer off waivers, I think that was a, a need that they needed. A lot of the times we brought up the question that the grit grittiness of this team really wasn't as there. Obviously, departure of Lewis, uh, Lucic, yep. and Greer really brings that. He's I'm not under- sure how many games he's going to get into, but... I think that bases off what how Dryden Hunt plays. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well, but um, Huska spoke about it there in, in that little piece of audio about like what is his team's identity right now, and he said playing the right way. And, and to me, what that term means, playing the right way in the modern NHL, is with a lot of speed and with a lot of youth. But I, I'm not really sure if, if Greer fits that mold. That being said, like you mentioned, Lewis moving out, Lucic moving out. I, I don't mind that we're getting a little bit of toughness to our lineup, but I'm not, I feel like he's a bit more of a 13th forward kind of guy. I, I would give a much longer leash to a guy like Dryden Hunt to prove himself rather than just blindly interjecting Greer into our lineup just because we need toughness well that makes sense I, yeah right? no i think dryden hunt will have the spot opening day yeah i think greer obviously will need to get used to the team he'll need to get used to the systems but he played quite well with the bruins last year played 61 games put up five goals 12 points obviously 
had the massive 114 penalty minutes. But if you look at how he is, he's six foot three, 209 pounds. He's only 26. He turns 27 in December. So he can bring that speed. If you look at some of the plays he's made with Boston, mm-hmm. was effective on that fourth line to help bring that energy to this team, bring that speed. I, I think he'd be a good option there. Now, is it Dryden Hunt's shoulders to lose his spot? Yes. But I think it's also a point of, hey, if we need some toughness, like if you're playing against a bigger team or a stronger team, we just need yeah, that one extra guy. Because obviously you'll have Gilbert in the back. As your seven, as, as your seven defenseman, Greer is that guy in the front, and he can definitely help that to ensure. And really, no one else was there that could bring that option. I mean, Dewar's a big guy. I'm not. He's not like exceptionally tough, but he's a big guy. But is he going to be that guy who's going to drop the gloves per se as much as Greer would? Yeah, but like a guy like we had last year, Lucic didn't even drop the gloves that many times. Like, was it? What is it? Was it something that we absolutely needed to go get? Was just something that uh, kind of puzzled me to an extent. Like, I, I would have just liked to... I don't think he plays opening day, Greer. But, it, like you said, if if we play against a team with, like, you know, super tough or whatever, then, then we'd slot him into that lineup. I'm not sure... I'm just not sure how big of an impact this waiver pickup really is, but... 100%. But that, that's, again, let's see how... If he... Once he gets into the lineup, how he proves to play... Because that's going to be the thing. The other thing that I really highlighted uh, in that uh, little media conference with Huska was what he said about Sharon Govich. Yeah. It's our it's our job to get the most out of whatever he is in the lineup. And I think that talks about playing to his strength. And if he's on that second line, great. If he's on that first line, great. They're going to utilize what he can bring to this table, not to force things upon him. He has to be in our middle six, though. I mean, not our middle six, in our top six. He has to be, just because of what he was brought in here to fill, really. Like, we moved our best goal scorer for Jaeger Sharangovich. If he's a third and fourth line player, that 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 trade doesn't totally necessarily make sense, right? He has a lot of potential. He's still a young guy, put 17 pucks in the net last year. If he's a third line guy, that that feels like a disappointment for me. He I, has I, I to think, be on that top line or at least on that second. Line. I think your third line is pretty much set, and we well, we, yeah. we, we ta- and Huska talked about it. He talked about the familiarity, but how effective they are together between Coleman, Backlund, and Mondrapani. And with the things you're trying to do, trying to get make sure everything starts clicking. If one familiarity is there that you know you can trust out, and they can go against top top teams, top lines. Yeah. That's really the it's only a, line they have. Fixture. That's really the only line I think the Flames have set in stone right now. Oh, 100%. I agree. They're, they're going to give more time to Huberto and Lindholm to see if that works. But if they keep, I don't think that's something they just need to keep forcing, forcing, forcing over and over again. If if they just simply don't have chemistry, they got to move off of that. What What's your mark of games? Because yeah. I have it at 15 to 20. I, I think like 10. I think it's they got to figure out that top line immediately into this season between That's, Lindholm and and Huberto. Not, yeah, I know, but like that right. that entire top line in general is a huge question mark, right? If we're saying that that right winger spot is, is a big glaring hole, it obviously is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Huberto and Lindholm haven't really been able. Yeah, they haven't been able to give a chance to connect yet, but I, I, they didn't really show any flashes of it either in that short amount of time. So that entire line as a whole feels like the biggest question mark for me. So. I think they need to 
you know, give it a little bit of time, but they can't keep forcing it to an extent. I, th- I think that 10 game marker is, is a decent sample size because they're going to have to lead the charge offensively. Right. 100%. And, and if, if they're still struggling, we're going to be out of games. They they'll, need to produce. They definitely will need to have, they'll have a balanced lineup. I just think that you need to give the fifth, at least the 15 from what happened. Cause if you look from last season, it got changed right at the beginning. They didn't have that time to recuperate. Now they'll have a little bit more time and maybe the Lindholm contract is a distraction potentially. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but I, I don't I, think I it think, is I don't think the players necessarily view no, it like but that. I, but I still think 15, 15 games is kind of like that, okay, now you've had a real opportunity because they go on that road trip as well. Yeah, I, I understand all that. I just think that like we're basically agreeing here. I'm saying ten, you're yeah. saying fifteen, right? I would it's say not, around that ten to fifteen mark. Yeah. Well, I, let's, let's come in the middle there. We can agree on that then. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll get one more piece of audio in before we hit the break. Uh, Rasmus Anderson, newly named a part of the leadership group. group uh, he also spoke to the media today as well. Let's just uh, let's start from the turn here. Uh, training camp's out of the way. Uh, you got two practices here, but uh, what's the feeling as you guys get ready to open this thing up for real on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, it feels good. Uh, it feels like uh, training camp has been going on for a little while here. And... Uh, yeah, uh, excited to get going. Uh, you know, now we're down to you know the team, and um, yeah, as I said, excited to get going, and uh, can't wait for Wednesday. I know uh, official announcements across the league will be tonight, but just quickly on uh, on the leadership group announced on uh, on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean to you to, to be part of a leadership group that uh, you know obviously is pretty established in this room? Yeah, I know it means a lot. It's it's a huge honor and uh, to be trusted with that and. Uh, you know, humble for the opportunity, and um, but yeah, overall happy and excited, and uh, you know now you now you got to take the next step and uh, become a leader as well, and um, so um, yeah, I'm ex- really excited, and um, as I said, thankful for the opportunity. Do you feel this is part of you know your progression, just sort of the build up, kind of preparing over the last couple of years to, to, to take on more in that way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you, you know, you you want to become part of the leadership group as you older you get, and. Uh, to get the opportunity, it's uh, it's humbling, and um, as you said, it's a step in the it's a step in the next uh, direction here, and um, yeah, excited. How do you describe your kind of leadership tactics or, or your leadership abilities? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm pretty vocal, uh, especially in the room. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I'm I'm vocal and. Uh, at the same time, I'm trying to lead by example on the ice too, and um, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a new role for me. Um, you know, you, you kind of had it when you were younger, but you know, it didn't really matter that much back then. So it's it's a it's a new experience for me, and um, yeah, it's exciting and it's fun and it's something uh, you know you dream of uh, becoming a part of the leadership group. When you say take that step to be a leader, what do you mean? Or what, what does that look like for you? Just the, the day-to-day basis, honestly. It's uh, it's kind of a boring answer. It's a day-to-day, um, you know, even if you're tired mentally and uh, still show up for work the next day. And, uh, you know, if you got in late, still play good that next game and uh, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, get the boys going when we need to. And, um you know, try to have fun, not drink as well. For a lot of us, it really doesn't feel like it was all that long ago that you were kind of breaking in and finding your role here. Is this a little bit I of a turn late? 27 in a few weeks here. No, I mean, I still see, I still, I still see myself uh, as young, and uh, but you know, the, the league gets younger and younger. So uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you're trying to help the guys like Maddie that comes in the room and. Um, just be a, be a good example and uh, make them feel welcome right away. For all of us, 27 is still pretty young. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not to double back on your answer about training camp, but just curious, what are your thoughts on the length of preseason? Uh, what is it, three weeks? Like about that or eight games? I mean, I think it's six weeks in, in Europe, so it's still shorter. But, uh, you know, the eight games, is um, it can be quite a bit. I mean, I only play four, but, um, you know, it's... Uh, once you kind of get the first week out of the way, you kind of just want to get going. You're kind of just circling in on that uh, October 11th date. And, uh, yeah, e- even like today, you know, you know, you got to practice tomorrow again and then get going. So it, it feels, you know, we're inching closer and closer. But, uh, you know, after that first week, you kind of just want to get going. There you go. Rasmus Anderson speaking to the media earlier today at practice. And, uh, you know, Anderson, obviously a great speaker and all that. Really good to hear that he's taking this new leadership role to heart. Was a candidate for the captaincy, I know, before Michael Backlund and all that, before he extended. Michael Backlund was the right choice and all that. But Anderson, great to hear that he's uh, taking this opportunity to heart. And uh, I expect that uh, Anderson could have a career year this year. He had 49 points last season, 50 the year before. I I think he could go beyond that. Not 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 anything crazy by anything by any means, but... He is going to be manning that power play, and I think he's going to have a great year. I think everything really affected him after the incident in Detroit. Really, really took him a little bit, not only to recover from it physically, but also mentally. Mm-hmm. Because he said it himself, he had to. He he got the incident happened, and he didn't wake up till he was in the hospital. Yeah. So I think mentally that that was a thing. But I think at the end of the day, for the captaincy, he even though his name was around. That entire locker room was unanimous yeah. on who was the captain. It, it was just about time. It was just, it was, it was just about yeah. they. Even if they wanted to name someone else, they would have been like, Sorry, "Mike's our guy." Mike, Mike Backlund's our guy. Exactly. And either name a captain after he leaves if he's leaving, or make him the captain. I think that could be the potential. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. We'll see how this goes. Everyone's excited here in Calgary. Flames kick off their season October 11th here in Calgary, taking on the Winnipeg Jets around the corner. Going to get into some predictions. It is that time of year. Going to see how that shakes down. We're going to give our thoughts next as Sportsnet Today continues right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.